Hello, I'm Christy. And I'm Carrie. And we are Status Status Macabre. Macabre. Hello again. <laughs> we just recorded. We're recording again, back to back episodes. Back to back. I mean, we you guys won't know. Are behind. We're behind, and there's vacations, and there's all sorts of sickness shit coming up. Yeah, sickness and in health. Yeah, yeah, all that good stuff. But yeah, I'm going to the beach tomorrow with my family uh-uh. and my parents' beach house. Wah, wah, wah. No, I'm kidding. It's fun. It's a good time. Oh, it'll be a blast with all of your family. My whole family. Yeah, so my parents have a beach house in Ocean Isle, and which is in North Carolina, for those of you who don't know. Um, it's really quaint little beach, um, a little beach town. It's kind of cool. It's which, really quiet. Which Ocean Isle? Yeah, Ocean Isle. I don't know that I've ever, I don't know that I've ever been there. It's like right up, so it's right over the border in, in North Carolina, so not... It's probably very Much, close to my parents' kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not far from Cherry Grove. Um, it's probably another 25 miles or so. But, yeah. Um, it's a pain in the ass to get on the island just because the traffic and it's beach time. So getting on the island takes forever and yeah, it just sucks. So and you, you guys are the last ones. The yeah, my brothers. Um, so my youngest brother is already up there. My mom and dad are already up there. So, and then my middle brother is leaving today at some point, and um, we're the last ones. Are your kids going crazy to get up there? Come Uh, on, Mom, let's go! My kids hate the beach. No. But they love a pool, so um, I will be taking them to the pool. (laughs) Does the house have a pool, or do you have to walk to, like, a community pool or something? No, the house, so it's, um, there's, like, four houses, um, and they all share this little community oh, pool. Oh, okay. That's not bad. So Unless you have 30 freaking family members. Ex- yeah, no. House, I think they're... I. Chrissy's family. <laughs> no. Well, they're all residents. Um, yeah. I know they may rent their beach house out. My parents don't reach uh, rent the beach house out. Because um, my parents go... Several times a year. Oh, yeah. Like several Are times a month. Are they both retired? No. Because my dad... No. My dad's the president of All South Credit Union. Right. My mom does not work. So how does how do they go so. several times? I guess your dad. Works. Well, they go on the weekends. Yeah. Oh, after. oh, I guess for a quick weekend trip. I guess. Yeah, you can. I mean it's three hours. Three there, hours. Yeah. And it doesn't take long. So, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun. And then I'm st- I'm working all week, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. But I, you know, it's almost worth working and going on vacation because I fucking hate coming back to nine bazillion emails. And then you don't know where your shit is. You don't know what's going on. You gotta, gotta be play catch up. And I'm like, fuck. No, I got too many projects. I don't. I just prefer to work. Are you taking any time off, like an afternoon no. or? Yeah, it'll be in between. Like when I don't have meetings and stuff, I'll hang out. I'll hang out. And I mean, it's a quick walk to the beach. We're not on the beach. We're oh, okay. a couple rows back, but yeah, we're on the marsh. So, mm. very nice. So it'll be yeah. Yeah, the kids all have fun. They get together with their cousins and do shit. Do cousin things. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Not so much, right? <laughs> I mean, like, no. But anyway, so I got a refill on my mimosa. 
Same, same. We are recharged for this week's episode. Um, we already talked about you know, Charleston Beer Fest yes. at the end of October into November. So, um, guys, look it up. Um, it's charlestonbeerfest.com, yeah. I believe. There there are a um, ton of events. Yeah. Like, there's a, a kayak and low country boil, boil. Mm-hmm. And, and beer. And so the tickets are... Uh, $65 if you don't have a kayak and I think and that's just for one day and that that was like uh, yeah, it's yeah. Halloween it's Halloween yeah. night it starts at yeah. 2 until dark so they're gonna have yeah. a costume the events are just they're just starting to load the events yeah. so um, they're, they're not all out there but I'm I'm trying to wait until they all get out there before I book yeah before you some decide. of them sell out yeah so I was like book that one because I'm gonna be working while right. I'm down there and then going to events in between meetings and things like that. So Yeah, so it's it's charlestonbeerweek.com. Yeah. I think I said fest, but um yeah, if you go on there you can see it's October 29th through November 2nd, 2021. 7th. Uh, um what I say? 2nd. I'm Seventh. sorry, 7th. Yeah. Um 2021, it's there's 50 plus events. It's 10 days. Um it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So they've got a ton of sponsors. We are yep. one of them. Yep, yep. So it, it'll be a good time. Um, outside of that, I don't have anything else. So yeah, I'm um, ready. I'm ready. I haven't read anything. So so um, reactions are real. real um, reactions. Yeah. So this this I'll, I'll be honest. I was listening to another podcast, and it was on. It, it the whole podcast was about this particular person and this whole situation because there's that much information, and. This is the tragic murder of Meredith Chapman and senseless death of Janir Gerdo. That's an interesting name, Janir. Janir. Yeah, I know. It, it, yeah. When you look it up, it comes up like uh, ovens and stoves and, and some stuff because <laughs> it's, it? it's like, yeah, appliances and whatnot. But, Janir. Janir. But, um, yeah, so this this is a case of a woman gone mad in every sense of the word. On April 23rd, 2018, Janir Gerdo shot and killed Meredith Chapman in cold blood and then turned the gun and shot herself. Oh, wow. Today, we're going to talk about how Janir became the epitome of the phrase, a woman's court. So, this this has everything. Sex, lies, um, scandalous, scandalous things. Um, You had my curiosity now you have my attention <laughs> well, thank you good sir <laughs> so uh Janira and mark gerdo were married in 1993 um they met originally in 1986 at a taco bell in fort wayne indy fancy yeah she was the girl that worked the counter she had um a brown polyester suit and mark had, had made multiple comments you know um years later that he, you know, she was the only woman that can make a, a brown polyester suit look good. Aww, so that's sweet. Yeah, she was very pretty. Um, and he was just in awe of was she? of her beauty. She had long blonde hair. She was tall, um, very shapely. She was um, beautiful smile. And um, oh yeah, yeah, she is very pretty. And she, yeah, she was very pretty. And Mark Engineer went to different high schools in the area, so they didn't meet. Um, they were both, you know, almost out of their teens, but they met in 1986 at the Taco Bell. Well, 
Let's talk a little bit about Janair. Um, her name, main name is Janair Cox. She was born on December 19th, 1970 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Her parents were Earl and Becky Cox. She also had a younger sister named Jill. Jill, um, I'm sorry, Janair was beautiful. She was tall, blonde. As I said, she had beautiful blue eyes. And as her husband, husband states, the longest eyelashes he'd ever seen on anyone. She grew up in a blue-collar household in less than great inner-city neighborhood. Um, so her parents didn't make a lot of money, but they did bust their ass. Um, and the money they did make, they sent their daughters to a private Catholic high school. She was heavy um, into heavy metal and went to KISS concerts and was just a very free-spirited soul. She was also a cheerleader, singer, and a thespian but did not have many friends. So she was kind of a loner. Yeah. Um, I can appreciate that. Very small group of <laughs> group of friends. Right. <laughs> I don't, who has time for 5 million friends? Well, I love everyone. I mean, I want 5 million friends, but when I'm like, oh, that sounds like a no thanks. <laughs> Whenever right? I can like, no, I think I'd rather be alone at the house by myself. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. There's too many um, people to entertain and book social events with. I don't have time. (laughs) So not much is known outside of what her husband, Mark, is going to share and has shared. And um, he's mentioned that she's a bit of a rebel and that she didn't play by the rules when she was younger. Um, She did have a lot of fights with her father. Her and her father did not get along. And Janir described her father as a verbally abusive alcoholic. And um, that's a little bit disputed by her husband because he's never seen or saw anything like that. But uh, she is adamant or was adamant that her, hu- or her father was a verbally abusive alcoholic. Now, Janair felt like her mother was a hypocrite. And at 17, she moved in with her grandparents. So she was like, I'm like how does that, juices, I'm, do, I'm gone. Like, my parents never would have let that happen. Like, fine, whatever, see you later, go move in with someone. Like, I never would have let Charles and Chandler move out of the My house. grandparents would have been like, uh, no, you're going to stay at <laughs> home. <laughs> well, see, that's fair. Like, my Charles and Chandler's dad, mm-hmm. his parents would be like, yeah, sure. My parents would be like, yeah, you better. You, yeah, no, I don't you think gotta so. you got to get a, dinner time. Yeah. And you got to go after. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Well, after graduating high school, she attended Indiana University majoring in communications and liberal liberal arts. So she was, I think, wanting to be on air um, at one point in time, like reporter or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then in addition to it being just a super focused student, she was pretty fearless. Uh, she once posed nude for a group of budding artists three times a week for an entire semester oh. at college. I would have never, you I'm sorry, be super no. super proud. Be like stripping and I'd be like, ah, oh, psych, I'm just kidding. Put that shit back on. Oh, but yeah, no. Well, Mark um, is the husband and he was the 10th or is the 10th because he's still alive. A 10th of, a, of the 11 children of a Catholic father in painfully shy mother um, two years before Janair. So he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Mark's parents were very controlling and he was not allowed to do a lot as a teenager he had a very, very strict curfew. His parents were like, you can go maybe to one dance a year. Like, they just were uber strict. 
his family taught their children that sex was something to be ashamed of, and it was just not discussed out in the open. And so he's um, very inexperienced, should we? Yeah. We could probably say that. And after graduating high school, Mark attended the University of St. Francis, which is a very private university majoring in art and design, and he graduated in 1991. So I want to interject here real quick. A lot of the information and most of the information that I got, because I'm huge into reading about shit, like, you know, I want a book Mm -hmm. before we... Before I'm, I'm going to do an episode. So I got all of my information um, from a book that Mark Gerdot wrote after oh. all of this happened. And it's called Irreparable. Um, I got it on my, yeah, my Kindle Cloud Reader. And it was actually free for um, Kindle Unlimited. So you can get it. It was really well, well written. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, he tried to monopolize and or capitalize off of, you know, his experience and, and his get money. experience. But um, his, all the money that he made from the book went to uh, a rescue, um, Golden Retriever, Golden Retriever Rescue mm-hmm. um, uh, places all over. So he donated all the money that he made. So it, you know, I hate when people say that, that you're just making money off your experience. But like you said, I mean, it's my damn experience. Yeah. Who are you? So it's, it's, you do whatever you want to do with your experience. Exactly. So, so anyway, um, yeah, check out the book. Fuck it's, everybody else. it's got a lot of information in here. It's too much information for me to write. I could probably make three episodes out of this. Oh, wow. But, um, we're going to, we're going to stick with two. So, so after meeting in 1986, um, you know, nothing really happened between Mark and Janair. Um, But they did run into each other again in 1990, so a year before Mark had graduated. He was a senior at St. Francis University um, while Janair was working at Sears Auto Center. So she's, you know, traded up the brown polyester uniform to um, somewhere in the auto parts place. And Mark had to break up with his current girlfriend, and then he and Janair began dating. So he was like, oh, you're Janair Cox, and he was like, I remember meeting you, yada, 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 and well, they just started going out. Well, Mark introduced Janair to his friends, who immediately just did not like her. Hmm. Uh, Mark's best friend, Mike, found her very off-putting. She was very blunt. Um, and she was very just outspoken and direct and people, you know, some people don't like that. It's, you know, they don't have any tact. Yeah. And it it seems like Janir was kind of like that. Was like that. Yeah. But Mark didn't care. I mean, he, he wanted to pursue this relationship and, and told Mike, I, I hear ya, but I like her. So, um, everything was really going well until Mark's senior year at college when he met a girl named Jamie who was a beautiful film and broadcast media student. Um, Mark felt he was, you know, too young to settle down with Janair alone and needed to play the field field a little bit. So Mark did break it off with Janair by telling her that he wanted to see other people, which, of okay. course, devastated her. I'm sure, but thank you for being honest. Right. As I'm, you know, going to cut my wrist over here in the corner. Exactly. Thank you, thank you for being honest. Appreciate it. <laughs> right. Well, three months later, Jamie ghosted Mark. 
and he was left licking oh. his wounds. So she just didn't return his phone calls. He was like, I don't think she even really officially broke up with me. She just didn't take my calls anymore, didn't meet me when I said, let's meet out, whatever. So here's what I'll say about that. I want everybody to hear me and listen and please, absorb this. Please say it. Karma comes around the block, bitches. Oh, yeah. No, it do. It do. So Karma will come around that block. So he he was left licking his wounds and, you know, took a little time for himself. And he then runs into Janair again. Goes back to Old Faithful. Yep. In the mall. And so they're in the mall. They run into each other. And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm in awe of her. I realized just how much I missed her. And he felt like he instantly needed her back in his life. Well, that Sunday, Mark sat she on the... She didn't make him work for it at all, I bet. Well, we'll get there. Okay. So that okay. Sunday, Mark sat on the bumper of her car waiting for her to leave work because she's still working, I think, at the uh, Sears Auto Place. Well, and just as she predicted, she did not, you know, make him work for shit. Yeah. He walked up to her. He was like, you know, I'm so sorry. He was like, I want to go out with you again. And all she did was call him a jerk. But then they hugged, kissed, and then they went and played putt-putt. And he swore, swore, that he would never hurt her again. Oh, what? Well, so, we wee. Everybody, yeah, just remember that, you know, don't make promises that you know you're not going to be able to keep. I would, you know, I can never promise anyone you're not going to hurt someone. You may not do it intentionally, yeah. but don't make promises that are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, they dated throughout the entire summer. Uh, Mark lived with his parents at the time, and they really just didn't approve of Janair. They didn't approve of anyone Mark dated, though. So it wasn't like Janair was singled out. But he does remember, you know, he brought her home one night, introduced him or her to his parents, and his mother told him after bringing her home to never, quote, Never bring that hussy into this house again, end quote. So I have to stop. So I, ne- <laughs> I never hear the word hussy. I know right? we should bring it back. But I <laughs> I remember it's been uh, I, early 20s, right? I was getting um, a, a piercing at this place downtown. I can't remember the name of it now. but I don't A piercing? Yes, we won't talk about it. Oh, that's right. But anyway. <laughs> so um, there was... I think uh, uh, some artist there, I don't know if she, what, what she did, right? Yeah. But she had on the side of her neck, in the in a diamond-shaped, huge, the word hussy. And I was like... <laughs> oh. So she identifies herself as a hussy? I did not ask, but she saw me staring. Um, How could you not stare at that? She, she had all sorts of piercings and tattoos all yeah. over her body. And basically what she said was that she she really enjoyed pain. And she was showing me her scars. She oh my was, God. A, was a cutter and they hang oh. by hooks. But like, <gasps> oh. yeah, that's, you know, the, those are the people that hang themselves. No, yeah. So we're like, I'm, I'm just saying. I've like, seen that. I've seen do that. I don't want to do it. Don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, they put it in their back and then they hang up. I don't get that. But I mean, oh. and, and if you do, I mean, that's your bag, baby. But wow it looks painful it does it no doubt think about a hundred plus pounds because most adults weigh at least an hundred pounds and hundred yes so on a on a fucking fish hook ah that just makes my back hurt so so my, my whole point was i don't ever hear 
you don't that hear- word hussy, but anytime I hear it, my mind goes back to the chick her with tattoo. It, yeah. Well, I'm gonna bring hussy back just because it's awesome. So <laughs> you damn hussy. Anyway, so after Mark's mom says this, he's like, Deuces, I'm out. I'm I I don't wanna be here anymore. If somebody is going to Oh, with eleven kids. Yeah, I'm gonna treat you know, my parents are gonna treat the woman I love like that, then screw it, I'm out. So he he picked his, you know, allegiance and, and left, which I can't blame him because that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Well, after Mark's roommate moved out, um, he had found a job and Janair needed a place to live. So she moved into Mark's apartment with him and, you know, she continued to take classes at um, Indiana University. Well, Mark lands a job at a graphic designer um, with a magazine publisher in Indianapolis, which is a little bit further away. Well, Janair continued to live in the Fort Wayne area, and they kept a long-distance relationship, which, you know, anybody that can survive a long-distance relationship, more power to you, because that shit is hard. Yeah, it is. I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. I mean, you had one. Uh, yeah, I mean... That shit's hard. I, I appreciate it because... Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> like, yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm like, you know. I can't see you every day, but I'll see I'm you like, when I feel like it. I mean, like, to me, it's perfect. Like, you, you yeah. get text messages and phone calls, but, oh, my God, I got to go you're home. You're not, yeah, you're not committed to. I need you to, to go home. Right. I need, I need you, to, you to go home. I mean, you get the Something, out. right? Like, right. I love you, but get the fuck out. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I get it. I get it. I am. I am every bit of that person with everybody in my life. I'm aware. Even my, you know, yeah, even you. I'm aware. <laughs> like, bye bye, Chrissy. Yeah, get out. <laughs> get out. You do it's need your space. It's just who I am. It's just who I am. I know. It's okay. I still love you. <laughs> well, Mark is soon looking for an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. So Mark was a little bit worried about purchasing a ring. And to me, this is kind of where red flags pop up for me. But, you know, it, everything's, you know, 2020 in hindsight. Yeah. Well, he le- had learned from birthdays and other holidays when giving gifts to Janir that her brutal honesty could sometimes be cruel. If she didn't like the ring that Mark picked out, he'd never hear the end of it. And to For me, the rest of, of his, their life. Right. And I, to me, that's a red flag. It's like, if I am terrified to buy you something that you're going to bitch about, I don't, why am I with you? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess. You know, he, he came from a controlling household. And, He's used to it. And I feel like, right, he may be used to it. Well, instead of buying a ring, he finally decided on a simple promise ring so that, you know, she could go pick out the ring that she really wanted. Oh. So he he presents the promise ring. And, and interestingly enough, they had met at a restaurant and she sits down, she's upset, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. It's, you know, we're, we're just dragging along, we're dragging along, and there's no growth. There's no next step. Well, with that, he pulls out the promise ring, and he's like, but will you marry me? And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, now, now, we're, now we're getting somewhere. Like, like as, as the panic is setting in, and you think, right. like, doom and despair, and, like, yep. I'm about to set this place on fire. Yep. But I uh, just kidding. Yeah. Would you marry me? Yeah, exactly. What a so dick. So well, I mean, and, and <laughs> he was he was basically like making sure he yep. was securing that yes, yes, is what he was doing. Yes. So now being engaged, Mark's friends, especially again his his best friend Mike, 
just didn't like Janir, and he urged Mark to not marry her. He said she was very possessive and controlled a lot of the couple's life. I mean, she basically told him what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Mm. He didn't. He must go, have liked that. Uh, well, and that's what I'm saying. He came from that kind of household. I, I have a brother like that who who mm-hmm. uh, prefers to be told what to do. Yeah, I'm not saying he can't think for himself, Self, right? But he prefers the do X, Y, and Z, and then. Go he wants, yeah, I was going to say he wants his marching orders. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to have to be... Irresponsible. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, he didn't go out with his friends anymore, and Mark confided in his friend that she didn't like a lot of things. Um, that way, you know, Mark drove, the, the way Mark drove, the, the clothes he bought, um, friends, just anything. She just didn't like a lot of things that Mark did. Which and, and he was aware of this, which, again, red flag for me, red flag. Well, Janir basically dictated when and with whom Mark was allowed to go out with. And rather than argue about it, Mark just went along to keep the peace. Oh, that's the first mistake. Yeah, agreed. And on um, October in on 1993, Mark and Janir got married. So they tied the knot. So regardless of the fact that, you know, he had friends saying, don't do this. He, you know, full steam ahead. Well, when they returned from the honeymoon, uh, Janair transferred to Butler University in Indianapolis while working as a waitress. So she got a job, and they lived in a one-bedroom apartment on the north side of Indianapolis. So they had very little money, as you can imagine. Right, yeah. But, you know, they were in love. But love will only take... Take you so far. Love don't pay those bills. Exactly. I mean, unless you've got a sugar daddy, I guess. Well, yeah, maybe. But even still, your sugar daddy ain't going to pay for your bills with your husband. I wouldn't imagine. (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's some kinky sugar daddies out there. (laughs) They need a website. Sugar daddies who will pay my bills with my current husband. (laughs) Sugar babies. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Yeah, sugar babies and sugar daddies. Yep. That's some fucking shit. Um, but yeah, so they were in love and it wasn't long though that they began arguing over Mark spending time with his friends because again, it's control, control, control. Um, they wanted to go out or come over to see him and Janair just wanted to spend time with Mark alone. Did not want anyone else interrupting her time with her husband, which, you know, you're married to the dude. At, I mean, at that point, I'd be like, all right, yeah, deuces. I'm going to go hang out with my friends now because... With I'm my gonna friend. Come, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, my one friend here. <laughs> but I'm going to come... You know, that way I, I know when I come home, yeah. he's going to be there. Well, You, you can have, have your own separate lives. You have to have your separate oh, lives. Oh, God, yes. I mean, unless two people... I do know a, Charles had a friend in school mm-hmm. whose parents were most amazing people like they're sure. wonderful people they were both beautiful blonde blue eyes i mean like the perfect family um and they outside of work spent every waking moment together they were so in love it was beautiful to see sure. because it wasn't forced it was just natural right like that is one thing yeah um and and he worked and she stayed at home with, with the kids mm-hmm. it was gorgeous but are we sure she's not a robot she may be Stepford Wives or something. <laughs> That's where I'm going. I mean, and she was beautiful, right? Yeah. She See? was Stepford Wives. And Charles would always say, We're going, I can't remember the kid's name now. We're going to go stuff like, Did you see his mom? Did you see what it was like? <laughs> hey, got it. We get, like, cut, cut it out back there. Your mom looks good too. Thanks. You know, like, <laughs> thanks. Appreciate that. 
<laughs> Whatever. Out of the mouth of, or out of the out mouth, the mouth of, of the babes. babes. Yep. Did you see her? When, oh, it, when it's when it's natural, nice. it's one thing. But this fo- like this this forced. I right. can imagine Mark right. was, you know, had a shit ton of anxiety. Oh, I I I don't know how he probably functioned, but. Um, you know, it just, it's sad. Janeiro just didn't understand that Mark needed his own life and monopolized his entire life, his, all, all the time. Um, and, you know, he encouraged her to make friends, but Janeiro just had no interest in making friends and said that she didn't have time for them and just wanted to spend time with Mark and question him as to why it couldn't just be the two of them. And to me, right off the bat, that just... I get the anxiety of meeting people. I know I get anxious a little bit. Um, I, well, I mean, you know, when I first started dating Ryan, it was like, you know, I don't know if his friends hate me. I was a little bit reserved, more reserved than I am now in front of them because I... You know them now. Yeah, because you don't know. And I, I would always have like this anxiety of, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to say? You know, and it's, it's nerve wracking. I don't have that because I don't meet people. Well, that's fair, but I, when I ask you to meet people, Chrissy you start I, freaking out. Christy and I, <laughs> so, I do, I do. Christy and I will go somewhere, and somebody will sit down, I'm like, just don't speak. fucking say anything, Chrissy. But don't then say anything. She does. If I have enough alcohol in me, I'll talk to yeah, her. Yeah, no, she'll, wall. I was going to say, she'll talk to a fucking chair. <laughs> um, well, Janir seemed to also have an issue with hoarding things. So, and I don't know if you guys, I started watching Hoarders like binging it on um, Prime. Yeah. I don't know if, have you ever seen it? Pieces. But I like, it's too disgusting. It is absolutely, I don't get it. Like you have people like, we didn't know she lived like this. Like, I don't know. I don't, right. I don't understand. I mean, and and it's a mental illness. That I can agree with. It is 100% mental illness. And it often is triggered after somebody dies. You know, something really? very oh, traffic. Yeah. You're just trying to hang on to all the things that, you know, you you have in your life. And I mean, some of these people on these TV shows, I mean, they have no running water because the house is in such disarray. They yeah. can't get to the water. They're shitting in bags and leaving them in the bathroom. It is downright disgusting. But then you have other people that have just are shopaholics. And so they right, hoard yeah. everything that they're shopping for. And, you know, if they've got 80 watches, how many fucking watches do you need? 81. <laughs> so it's, I mean, and, and I'm not making fun or jabbing or anything. It's, but it really is a mental illness. Yeah. And, and yeah, oh, she, yeah. she, when they would move from place to place, to place, to place, she took everything. There was no clean out. There was no, I mean, they had a storage room Full of shit that she would just carry from one place to the another, to the next, to the next, to the next. So, and she was unable to determine the difference between things that were important to keep and just crap. Like one day, Mark attempted to clean the apartment just because he thought he was going to do a good thing. You know, hey, I'm cleaning the apartment. Um, And he was getting rid of some magazines that were outdated that he thought, all right, this is just clutter. Well, when Janira got home, she lost her shit. And yelling and screaming at him that, you know, he had thrown things out that were hers. And she spent the next hour rummaging through the dumpster, like knee high waist, looking for those magazines that Mark had, like, thrown out. Right. 
And since that incident, Mark just learned to live with her hoarding. And I, I'm sorry, but I, it seems to me like he's already, and I know there's two sides of every coin, right? But we can only take from what he's saying of how this relationship was, but he's already putting up with, in my opinion, a lot. He was putting up with it before he even married her. Oh yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, that's how he lived in uh, clearly his, his family's house. Right. Well, um, they bought a house in 1998 and worked hard to make it a home. So they did, you know, a lot of, uh, upgrading, you know, putting in new floors, painting, that kind of thing. They were, you know, trying to make the house the home. And while they had always planned on having kids and wanted to wait until the time was right to start a family, it was just, you know, it just never was in the cards. Years and years ticked by, excuse after excuse came up as to why they just weren't ready to have, you know, kids. Um, So instead they adopted a golden retriever puppy and her name was Mesa. And, um, you know, throughout their entire marriage, they ended up adopting multiple golden retrievers and they're they were from rescues yeah so they were you know they they really wanted to give animals that had been treated badly and mistreated and that kind of thing a home and sweet so yeah so during this time janair was working as a marketing coordinator for a successfully publicly traded commercial real estate firm and she would travel all over the co- country coordinating the setup of industry trade shows. And then in 2001, due to Janier's success at her job, Mark was able to quit his job at an advertising company. Um, and he created his own design form. And it was Gerdeau and Company. Oh, well, that's interesting. So, yeah. So he had his own... He could be his own boss. Well, um, shortly... After, unfortunately, as the way shit goes, Janair lost her job due to downsizing. Although I did read in several other accounts that she had done some shady shit. Not really shady shit, but that's probably the wrong word. But it was she was doing things that she wasn't supposed to. Um, and she had been let go well, because of she performance issues. Not She was kind of a little bit of a rule breaker. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she, yeah, she was having... Um, I think it was, they were, she was scheduling, uh, photography stuff on the side that was not really, oh, yeah, so not she was to do, so she's getting, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, rightfully so the company's probably like, uh, I don't think so. Hussy. So peace out. <laughs> peace out. So, yeah. So she, she got fired or, you know, yeah. down either way she was let go. Um, well, Mark. Probably shouldn't have done this, but he agreed to hire her on at his firm, which was probably... Uh, I feel like she concocted a master plan. And he he said um, in his book that it was probably one of the biggest mistakes that he made. But it was also, you know, what played into that was that he didn't clearly define her role, which led to a lot of turmoil within the company. So you've got, you know, the owner of a company and then you've got this lady who is the owner's wife and she's coming in making all these damn decisions. But I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? Like, it's just, I'm sure it didn't sit well with, you know, the staff. So she basically just had a license to do whatever the hell she damn well pleased. And she ultimately, you know, just kind of lacked the soft skills 
needed to earn respect from people. I mean, you come in there, horns raised up and like a bull in a damn china shop, who the hell is going to respect you? So after about six months of working at Mark's company, his employees like take him to the side and they go across the street to a coffee house and they basically said that either he fired Janair or they were leaving. They were walking. Right. And it ended up being that he wasn't going to fucking fire his wife. Oh, God. So he ended up having to fire one of the people. And then the other one was like, all right, I'm out. leaving." And he ended up losing a couple of people over the situation because she was just. That is so shitty. Yeah, she was just uh, a, a tyrant. So in 2009... Um, and I don't know, for those of you who were alive at this point and, and can remember, <laughs> I know I remember, the crash of the economy just impacted so many companies. And Mark's design firm was one of them. So after eight years of successful business, um, it just started going downhill. And one of their you know oldest clients had to file for bankruptcy. So, you know, Mark Engineer started to take out their stress on each other and start fighting in front of the staff. Mm. And so, I i mean, I can't imagine you're sitting here working at a company and you see this man and woman just, like, break out. and Your boss and your, his wife, like, no less. Like, are going at it back and forth. Can you imagine? I oh, think I would be it like... Would, it would be totally I entertaining. Popcorn. <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> Right? Start my start my recording on my cell phone. Exactly. Well, Janir was just really extremely critical of Mark. Um, and she would tell Mark that he was not a good people manager. Um, and he said, you know, she would tell him he was disorganized, was very careless of nice things they had. And okay, had Porter. ADD, right? Had ADD. So he... Punk heifer bitch... Get out my life. Yeah, she she just seemed really, really judgmental and and super critical. Yeah. Of of Mark. Um, so I'm gonna stop here for a minute because Carrie needs a drink. So let me give you another little palate cleanser. Um, look up um, Golden Retriever Rescues. What's the name of the? Does he does he have his own? No, but just look it up. Look at some puppies who need some help. I'll play some Sarah McLaughlin music in the background while you do so. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, so we're back, and we were talking about Mark and Janir saying that he was basically shitty, um, according to her. Um, but you know, outside looking in, it appears to me that Janir was, you know, ver- abusive, at least verbally. Yeah. You know, in my she, opinion, she took some of that from her dad. Yeah. So it, she would tell Mark that it was just too easy to argue with him because he sucked at it and would call him a pussy. Which, I mean, if you're a man and you got your wife sitting here saying you're a fucking pussy, you're, I you're a pussy. I mean, yeah, but. To me, that's harsh. It is harsh. I'm not going to say that I haven't been nasty before, but, I mean, that's... I can I can feel in a man, you know, that you're kind of, like, lowered as a man, you know, yeah. or whatever. It's it's very demeaning. Um, but she would, you know, went so far as to have arguments in public places. And 
once threw a glass of red wine in Mark's face after yelling in a crowded restaurant at him. Like... Her husband. Her husband. She threw a glass of red wine in his face when they were sitting down at a restaurant and then stomped out. Mm. And I'm sorry, if I were Mark, I would have been like, yeah, that's it. Get I'm sorry. Go. go. We're, we're, we're done here. Um, cause to me, that's just outright disrespect. Um, another time, um, they were in an argument and after listening to Janir rip into him, Mark took a plate and just threw it on the ground. I think he was just trying to, you know, gosh, you know, threw it on the ground. Well, Janir responded by calling 911 saying that Mark was out of control and threatening her. So, I mean, it seems very volatile, Absolutely. Um, you know, and maybe it's just early marriage. I don't, I don't know. I can't say that Ryan and I haven't like wanted to kill each other, you know, but I, yeah. I, I can't say that, um, it was that bad. Right. I don't like to argue in public. Yeah. That's horrible. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll beat your ass behind this, behind closed <laughs> doors. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, needless to say though, they, they work things out. Um, and by the summer of 2011, Mark and Janair were given the opportunity for a fresh start. One of Mark's friends recommended him as the um, creative director at a small web development firm in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, Janair, having nothing to lose, agreed to go. So my uh, Mark filed bankruptcy for his existing company, and he and Janair prepared to move to Greenville. Once they got there, Janir dropped a bombshell and told Mark that before they had moved, she had wanted to leave him. So they're sitting on this island, Kiowa Island, and um, on the beach, and you know they're having a couple of drinks. And she's like, "Yeah, uh, you're lucky I'm here because uh, I wasn't gonna come." Oh wow! And so I'm sure he was kind of like, "Well, what the fuck?" <laughs> so um, it kind of upset him a little bit. Well. Without the pressure of working together, um, you know, with the sell of their house in Indiana and operating a business together, the couple, you know, renewed their relationship. They adopted a six-year-old golden retriever named Huck. And then to imagine, like, please just put me back and yes. put me back in rotation. I don't want to be here yes. with these crazy assholes all the time. Yep. And then a nine-year-old female um, golden retriever named Abby. And so if you did your homework when I told you to, um, you can go to... <laughs> uh, I'm big on animal rescue. I only have 1,800 animals, but um, yeah, go. And that is not a lie. Go to the Golden Retriever Rescue. Um, there's lots of dogs that need to be rescued. But um, so they they now have their little family. They've got two Golden Retrievers and themselves. So they thoroughly enjoyed South Carolina um, during the years of 2012 through 2016. And Mark would recall, you know, these days, these years being the happiest days that he had oh, with Janir. Um, nice. So they had fallen back in love with each other, and he loved being with her. He just wanted to be around her all the time. Um, and he said, quote, the spontaneous, co confident girl I'd met when I was barely out of my teens have returned to my life, end quote. So he, you know, they were gaga over each other. As it would turn out, though, the second honeymoon phase wouldn't last very long. Um, after six years of working at the web firm in South Carolina, Mark engineer had their hearts set on moving to Denver. So 
there in South Carolina, Mark's just really unhappy with his current job, and he's not hiding his discontent um, with being there. And so his boss noticed, and it was where they came to a mutual agreement that he needed to wrap up his career there, and he was given 90 days to look for a new position. Well, that's fair. So he put in his resignation and then just started looking for other jobs. Well, Janir attempted on her end to also find a job, but she just wasn't having any luck. All the jobs that she had applied for, did you just break the chair? I am I'm I'm, I'm I don't know what happened. Going <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Sorry guys, we're having some furniture it's a difficulties. <laughs> Chrissy's fussing at me like I'm her child. What the hell did you do? So it's one of the bar stool chairs that you know, right? It pivots, mm-hmm. the top does, and it gets stuck. Just before it sits right. Oh. And I didn't realize that's where I was at. And I was just trying to stand Pivot. Up. Pivot. <laughs> please, um, please, by all means, continue, madam. Uh, thank you. Well, Janair can't find work. Um, she was overqualified for most of the jobs that she put in for. And marketing firms weren't looking for a 47-year-old you know, chick. They wanted a, that you know, sucks. very, yep. Because we're on the cusp of that. Yep. Looking for a young, inexperienced, raw talent that they could shape and then pay absolutely nothing for. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of companies. And yeah, you're right. I'm not a day over 35. I'm just kidding. Well, we yeah. don't look it. I don't want to, I don't. <laughs> Here's your ad for Botox. <laughs> I'm trying to like. <laughs> She's trying to use her one. Her one eyebrow that is now moving <laughs> after Botox, and it goes up and down. The it's actually quite time, funny. You guys, all right, can we we, we got a squirrel. We have a side, yeah, we we'll sidebar real quick. So um, last week I was like, I'm gonna go get some Botox. No, Chris, that was a week before. Okay, two weeks ago, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, Chrissy's like, yeah, go do it. So I get in there, tell her what I want to tell her. This is what I want. Blah blah blah. It's pretty uneventful, right? When As I, I left, told you, it would I be. I looked literally. Just like I did when I got there. It takes several days, love. So, so it's been two weeks, this couple days ago. Yep. And I have one eyebrow. And I kept telling Chrissy, I'm like, I look like fucking Joker's mother or whatever. Like, yeah, look, the Joker's mom. And I had this one eyebrow that was still moving. I look like Carrot Top. You've seen him with his <laughs> eyebrow. And, and so I called him back. I'm like, I can't go. I, you know, I, got, I need you guys to fix this. And so I walk in and she's like, well, show me what you're dealing with. And I... Did it, and she was like, "Oh yeah, let's get that. Let's get that. Let's thing. freeze that eyebrow." <laughs> so yeah, she's got this one eyebrow that goes up and down. And it's, it's kind weird, of funny. Right? Look, it's, I know it's kind of funny though. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You should have been on a commercial. Yeah, it's like. Well, I mean, I can do like a look, or I can do a. Yeah, I know. I know. I can... The way that it moves up and down, I, I, I know, it is creepy. Don't go anywhere. So anyway, um, so yeah, they just wanted raw young talent they could pay, you know, a small salary for. And Janir was, you know, 47 and she wasn't a spring chicken anymore. So she ended up finally taking a job as a cashier at the Publix grocery store. Hey, you know what? Say whatever you want. But I have been thinking about... Publix? Publix or bartending, so I don't have to deal with all the BS. Oh, thank you. Just... You know, I go spreadsheets and I come home. I don't have to think about it after that. I'm with you. I know. No stress. Well, Janir became more and more depressed 
which, you know, I can imagine you can't find a job. You're working as a cashier at Publix and nothing against that at all because Publix is a fantastic. I only shop at Publix. It is fantastic. And everybody there is so nice. But, um, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's feeling like she's not living up to her potential. And, um, and so it caused stress on their marriage. And then, you know, Mark then becomes depressed. So it's, he becomes a group effort of being depressed, which sucks. I mean, that absolutely sucks. Right. Well, while Janir had all but given up looking for a job in the marketing field, Mark starts looking for a job in every corner of the U.S. because he can, you know, and they're really trying to focus on something in Denver. Um, But, you know, not a lot's popping up. Well, Mark sees a job as the creative, creative director at the University of Delaware and reaches out to the hiring manager, which is a woman 15 years his junior. And her name is Meredith Chapman. Mm -hmm. And the plot thickens. Yes. And so, to his surprise, he had um, reached out to her, like I said, um, saying, hey, my name's Mark. I sent in my resume, but, you know, I just applied for this job, and I would really, really, you know, like a chance at it. I think I'm very well, my skills are very well aligned um, with what you guys are looking for. Well, Meredith replies within two hours saying that, she would love to interview him. So Meredith was a University of Delaware graduate, and she was head of the communications and marketing department at the University of Delaware. So she was working where she, you know, at her alma mater. Right. Um, Meredith had a very impressive resume. She had been a reporter for a brief stint, um, a producer at the local um, PBS um, affiliate, worked on several political campaigns and been an adjunct professor and a consultant for one of the top higher ed agencies in the country. Oh, wow. And this girl is young. She's, you know, 33. Well, Mark was a little worried about the fact that he'd be reporting to someone much younger and, you know, very inexperienced, you know, according to, I mean, based off of what he, you know, his lifeline here, he's, you know, reaching... 50. Right. And, you know, uh, he's got a 33-year-old chick as his boss. Would be his boss, right? It'd be a little bit weird, right? Yeah. Been there. Yeah. A little bit weird. So, (laughs) um, immediately upon meeting Meredith, though, Mark said he knew that he wanted to work for her. She just had this energy about her that was contagious. And she was just very, very passionate about her job. And she was looking for a creative partner, not just a director. So it wasn't like, hey, you're my boss and, you know, I'm going to, you know, tell you what to do. It was, hey, I'm looking for a partner in this whole thing. So let's talk a little bit about Meredith. So Meredith Chapman is her married name. Um, Her maiden name is Sullivan. Um, she was born on January 31st, 1985 in Newark, Delaware to Faye Grant Sullivan and Andrew Sullivan. It seems that her father is estranged according to records that I was, you know, looking at, but I can't tell whether he was estranged, you know, somewhere in her childhood, teens, or just at the very beginning of her life. I have no idea. Um, but she has a sister named Jessica and a brother named Thomas, and she is the youngest. 
She and her siblings were extremely close. She graduated from high school in 2003 and committed to the University of Delaware, earning a spot on the cheerleading team. So, and she's like a little short thing. She's like 4'11". Adorable. She's 4'11". And a little tiny, yeah, she is tiny little thing. Um, she graduated from UD in 2007 with a bachelor of science in communication and added a master's in educational technology in 2017. She had run multiple races and marathons, raising money for charities and was also a model of, for young professional women. At the age of 31, Meredith ran an impressive campaign for a seat in the Delaware State Senate, only losing by 747 votes. I was literally just looking at that picture. She's yep. just adorable. Yeah, she um, definitely somebody with a, a high, high ambition. Yeah. You know, um, and she was described, and Mark described her, um, as a Wonder Woman. She was someone who could accomplish a week's worth of work in like one day. She was just constantly going. Um, so a week after Mark interviewed with Meredith, he received an offer letter from UD. So Mark accepted, but Janera was worried that Mark wouldn't be able to manage a team of that size and was hoping for dinner, Denver rather than Delaware. And so she was kind of giving him shit. Not, I mean, I don't think it was. Doing that shit that married pe- people do. Right. Are you You're sure? Pushing buttons. Right. Yep. Or yeah. maybe you're challenging. You're thinking she's challenging. I'm thinking she's just being a bitch. Well, and she, you know, was like, I don't, you've never managed a team that size. Are you sure you can handle that? And that's kind of shitty, in my opinion. It's Instead like of just supporting, congratulations. Ex- I know you can do this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You don't have to be. Right. You don't have to be that ish all the time. No, agreed. Agreed. Well, Janir finally relented um, and felt like maybe things were happening for a reason. Um, That's what everybody says when they have no other response. But she ends up quitting her job at Publix and began looking for houses. Uh, The agreement was that Janir would stay behind in South Carolina to, you know, lease out their house uh, while Mark moved ahead to Delaware and start his new job. Well, Mark thought the time away from each other might do them some good because, you know, they're up underneath each other all the time and they really have no other outlet because Janir didn't let him do shit. So he's like, hell yeah, I get to go live by myself for yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Well, Janir had found him a basement apartment for rent. And when he got there, he called Janir to ask, you know, what the key code was to get in. Well, she immediately berated him because she had sent him the email with the keypad code like weeks ago. These type of, this type of, I, I should say person, but it is typically women. Don't get me wrong. There's men out there, but there oh, are yeah, a lot no. of women like It's mostly this. women. They, this is why I have a small circle because yep. I will punch a bitch in the face. Yep. I, I mean, it's horrible that, I mean, why are you berating it wasn't like, I think he was expecting, hey, I'm so glad you made it, blah, blah, blah. Hey, do you remember what that keypad? I may have said, well, I did email it to you, but here's the code. Let me look it up. You I, know, I wouldn't have made a big deal out of it. Something, too, that I need to keep in mind as you're reading, as you're going through your story, is that this is very one-sided and she exactly. is dead, So we, we truly yep. don't know what happened. So uh, It is through his, yeah, it is through, through his, his lens. 100%. So, yeah, you kind of have to... There are multiple sides. Absolutely. For every story. 
Well, so yeah, she's she's kind of making him feel like crap. Well, anyway, he's he's just glad to be by himself. Uh, Mark's first week at his new job was pretty standard. He met some new people. He attended meetings where, you know, he had zero context context as to what was going on. I, you and I have both been there. Mm-hmm. Here, here's your new job. Go sit on this meeting. What the fuck is going on? I have no idea. And then you get the, and then you get the don't worry, I've been here for nine months. I have the same look. Right, right. You've been here nine months and you... You still don't know what's going on? I've been here 12 years, and, like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Like, I had on my new job. I'm not going to say names because I love this job. So I've been there a month. Yeah, I was going to say you've been there. A month and, like, five weeks. Five weeks total. And and I was talking to, I I call them get-to-knows. So I scheduled get-to-knows with, like, some key resources. Like, hey. Yeah, what's up? Tell me what's up. What's the the good nitty-gritty? Yeah. And this one guy said, he was like, look. Uh, I'll be honest with you. He's like, I've been here, and I want to say it was like seven or eight years since I don't know what the fuck's going on. I was like, oh, that's fair. Thank you. Thank you so much. He probably said that because he don't want you to go to him for anything. I was like, <laughs> so okay. I'm not going to go scratch that Mark guy off my list. Off my list because every, hey, you got to talk to so and so. This guy, he knows everything, and he was like, I don't know a damn thing. And that's because that's he's well smart. played. Well, well played. played. <laughs> for real. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to use that. Oh, dude, I don't know what the fuck. I've been I here for 35 sh- years. I got no clue what's happening. I just come in and draw a paycheck. I got no clue. <laughs> But yeah, so he... See my flow chart? <laughs> I did that. So he's dealing with the same shit that we've all had to deal with as in a new job. Um, and on March 4th day, he was invited to an important meeting with stakeholders and grabbed a seat next to Meredith. Well, during the meeting, Meredith asked for Mark's input directly. And she was just uber impressed by his responses. And soon... After, they're, you know, finishing each other's sentences, and it was as though they were completely in sync. Hmm. It's like they planned it, hmm. you know, like rehearsed, rehearsed stuff. So, you know, it's kind of like, like kismet. Twin flame. It is a twin. <laughs> Wonder twins activate. Yes. <laughs> well, after Meredith, um, afterward, Meredith invited Mark for drinks. So, you know, they had this great meeting. They synced up. They were like, woohoo, we are you know, uh, awesome team. And let's See, now go have some drinks right now. Right. Well, three hours later, they are still drinking and talking and they're both married. They're both married. Yep. And so he's, you know, feeling like, you know, this was going to be a quick 20 minute meeting. We're just going to talk. And yeah, three hours later, they're still talking. Now there's nothing wrong with that. I have, a very good male friend and we talk all the time. It's not, I think you, um, end up, you know, making friends with people. You click with people and there's nothing wrong with that. But the way this story is going to spell out, it's, it's definitely, you're going to, you're going to see there's something wrong with that. Yeah. So Mark, and I think where it headed off was that Mark started spilling the beans about his own life. And he wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, um, little by little by little, you're going to get to know me, my relationship, maybe my quirks, you know, whatever. Um, no, he, day one, is spilling out his entire life story. And there, you know, he's sharing details about his marriage. Um, you know, the the shit that he's he goes through with Janair. 
Um, he's talking about his parents and brother's recent passing. Um, and just a lot of personal details, which I don't know that you would, I, I don't know that I would spill that to my boss. Yeah. On the first day. Yeah. Not gonna. So. Right. Well, you know, and, and she's kind of sharing her personal stuff too, you know? So it's kind of a dumping, you know, session of let's see how far we can go with divulging all our souls. I don't, I don't know, but, um, she invited, um, in Mark that she had always wanted to be an interior designer and that her and her siblings were like uber close. They called themselves the Sullivan siblings. And at the end of the evening, Mark felt the need to collect his thoughts and gut check his feelings. I mean, that's, that's how I think after you spilled your gut. Yeah. After. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yep. It was like, you know, two souls connected. He knows his wife's constantly bitching at him. He's like, wow, this is, this, this was great, you know? And so I think he had to stop and go, oh shit, what just happened? Well, he was blown away by Meredith, their mutual respect for each other's talents. And he just, he couldn't wait to work with her and work as a team. Well, before leaving, Meredith suggested that they get dinner on Saturday. Her husband, Luke Chapman, was on a hunting trip with his family until the following week. So she was free to do whatever she wanted. Well, when Mark returned home, he called Janair to tell her about having drinks with Meredith. Why? Well, dude, I mean, I don't even, I'm just uh, like, why would you open your mouth? Well, I don't even know what to say. Maybe because he was feeling guilty. I don't know. Maybe he's poking the fucking bear. Oh, very. And that, that, that could have been it. Mr. Innocent, my ass. But what's really weird in what I, I wouldn't say weird, but it's definitely red flag is Janair immediately said that she had already seen the credit card transaction. So she's already, like, if he hadn't have brought it up, she was going to say, hey, what's the $60 at, I don't know, blah dee blah and uh, who were you with? So yeah. she, she already had tabs on him. Well, he was already feeling as though, you know, she, Janair is disapproved of him having drinks with Meredith and, you know, didn't tell her about having dinner plans Way to wise for, up. for Saturday. And, and she was, this would be a, this would be a lot shorter story. <laughs> well, and, and her, you know, Janir was like, well, I'm sorry if this was some work thing, why were you paying for the drinks? Yeah. It wasn't a work thing. And so he was like, it's not like that here, you know? And, and it, and it, it is right. No, it is. Well, and, <laughs> but you know, I can see where, we go out, we have drinks or whatever. And then, you know, as a man, they generally end up paying. Yeah. And that's just, you know, I'm from a traditional household and probably still stuck in the eighties. I don't know, hey, but I, 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 um, I love the whole chivalrous thing. Like open my door. Right. Agreed. Uh, whatever. 100%. Yep. Pay no, I agree. My, pay, pay for whatever I want. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get it. Well, so Saturday is approaching and Mark is shocked to realize that he's really nervous about meeting Meredith as if he has a crush on her or something. So his nerves are calmed, though, as soon as he gets in her car and, he, and you know, they start just talking. And Mark admits to her that he has a quote unquote professional crush on her. 
as, you know, just because he's in awe of all of, you know, that she's accomplished. And, and he's trying to play it off like this. Well, she also reciprocates the sentiment. And that's where he thought the extent of the feelings went. At least this is what he's saying, right? He's like, I, I, maybe it's just a professional crush. Maybe I just feel this way because I think she's awesome at I'm what she does. I'm going to say this. And um, his dick just got hard. That's all I'm saying. So he, he was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was is, some growth. This, for him there was to some say, if, if he, he got a chill, right? For the, him to say this, if he put that in a book, like that, that I really felt that was the extent. Yeah. Fuck your couch, dude. Yeah. No, agreed. I, I, I think that there, it's, it's funny. We may have been born at night. Yeah, but it wasn't last night. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, they soon realize that they had a lot in common. And they start a spreadsheet of their commonalities and differences. Which, who does that? <laughs> who does that if you're not, like, Hi, have some... let's start a spreadsheet. Right? Because we love With spreadsheets. With your boss? With your boss. And let's put all of this shit that we've got in common. And I'm in my 30s and you're in your 50s. That's, like, an awesome thing to do. Yeah, right. I thank you. I think that's so weird. But... I, you know, okay, maybe you're just flirting, right? I, I don't know. Well, they both were pro-life, anti-gun, loved pizza, loved wine, and hated bananas. And in this book, he is basically saying, like, the fact that she hated bananas was the point where he was like, oh, I, this might be meant to be. Because he was like, who hates bananas? And I want to raise my hand and be I like, I'm, like I'm not yeah. all that big oh. of a fan. Maybe maybe he was from a family that loved bananas. I don't I don't. Maybe they well, were monkeys. you got 11 kids, you got you to gotta eat whatever you got, right? <laughs> you got to grab what's close. Well, it was shortly after that Mark began to question his professional crush, obviously. Because he's like, uh, I have a spreadsheet with this chick and... I can't stop thinking about her. And it was after meeting Meredith's husband, it kind of dawned on him that, wait, she really is attractive. Because originally he was like, I didn't, I didn't notice her looks. And I want to be like, dude, you're a guy. Don't I tell me. I didn't notice me. her looks. Right. I didn't notice that she was four foot 11 and, and fucking beautiful. And I could put her in my pocket. Right. right? I'm going to put it in my pocket and I'm going to take her everywhere. <laughs> He didn't realize that. He didn't notice that. That's bullshit. Thank you. I want to say, if anything, men are visual. And so the first thing they're going to notice are your looks. Sorry. Don't tell me that they're not. Hell, I'm visual. Like, yeah, I'm going to notice looks before. physically first. Right. And then... I think most people and do. And then you get, you know, you you become more attracted right. to that person because right. of who they are. Oh, I agree. And I, I think agree. that's a fair statement for everybody. No, Hell, I, yeah. I've met people who I didn't visually or physically find attractive at all, but then I got to know them. And, and like, they're beautiful. Wow, this yeah. person is very attractive. Whatever it is, yeah. like I, I really am into him or her, whoever, right? Just right, saying. right. Well, you know, and I think for him, it was, all right, I've, I've met her husband and she, somebody else, has her and so maybe at that point it was kind of like it it was not maybe necessarily competition but it was like shit you know she really is attractive and she's a she's a total package yeah i i want her i mean if 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 everything that you're saying which i'm assuming it is with with regards to who she was professionally Uh, Mm -hmm. and just how beautiful i think she's gorgeous yeah and petite and yeah bubbly like man 
Yep. She, uh, she was a, Yeah. Well, Mark was just, you know, again, although he may have recognized this, he was determined that there had to be a line and he didn't want to cross it because he was married. That's fair. And he didn't want to hurt his wife. So one night while Janera was still in South Carolina, um, he and Meredith texted back and forth for like seven hours. So I'm sorry, you don't text that much unless you got something going. Yep. You are correct, madam. Mark had to remind himself that they were both married and that he swore to Janir after he broke her heart in college that he would never hurt her again. But he was struggling with his emotions because she, she being Meredith, had stirred something inside of him that he couldn't explain. He was worried about losing that feeling. When you're, you've got that high and it's like, yeah. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that. It's well, a good feeling, though. It is. It is. But yeah. in every relationship, it goes away it, everything levels out after some time you know what i mean it it's does. not you can't live on that high forever well janair's still gone mark and meredith help a co-worker move and then the two discreetly slip off to have dinner so afterward they went back to the basement apartment that he was renting and they shared a glass of cabernet and that's when the magic happens. They end up kissing. So after which Mark says he felt really guilty and he knew he just had to draw a firmer line in the sand. And it was like, I, I can't. He's struggling at this point. He's like, shit, I shouldn't have let that this happen. I'm drawing a line with a goddamn Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to back the line up a little more. Draw my little line. Okay, let's, let's take it again. Let's draw another line. This dude. That's what he was doing. Here. I, I don't know if anybody has met anybody or knows anything about anything. Okay? Clearly. I know that's broad. But people are crazy. Don't don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. I the <laughs> Because you never know. Oh, and no. I can tell you from what you are sharing, this bitch yeah. is crazy. Oh, and I'm not you. shocked that she did what she did. Oh yeah. It it gets even crazier. It gets even crazier. Yeah, I mean, advice to everyone, don't cheat. Just don't cheat. Agreed. Please. Agreed. Save yourself. A lot and, of time. And, 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 or, or and, and hey, I'll, I'll tell you what. Go ahead and cheat. I would love another episode. Go ahead. <laughs> How about that? We are looking for some new material. I'm just so. saying. Hashtag just saying. If you're willing to cheat pew, 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 pew. and tell your spouse, please contact us at statusmacabre.com. <laughs> so... I'm going straight to hell for that. I just know it. I know we all are. Well, anyway, so they, that same night, they agree to meet um, the next morning to go running. Well, you know, Mark and Meredith get to the place that they're going to go running. And Mark addresses the elephant in the room and tells Meredith that whatever was going on, because he didn't really know what was going on. So he said, wink, wink, that it's, it's got to stop. We have to stop. Well, of course, Meredith is upset and felt uber rejected. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Mark, the surviving person of this affair, right, claims that yes. this beautiful Meredith, who's married to a not bad looking. Oh, dude, I was going to say, yeah, he's not bad looking. He's not bad looking, looking yeah. and she's gorgeous. Her was felt rejected. That's what she uh, supposedly. Supposedly. Get, I'm, I'm, all right. You know what? Thanks, everybody, Tab. for listening. Good night. Tab, I'm out. Get, get out of here. So he's saying 
that she was, she felt rejected. And she made the comment, I wish I just kissed you when you, you know, when I saw you, because at that point, maybe you wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't have been feeling as though we need to put a, you know, line between us or a wall between us. I feel like well, this guy's a piece of work. Mark said he felt like a jerk for hurting her, but, you know, Mark was determined to honor his marriage to Janair, is what he said. So, cannot, I'm cringing. So, again, we have to take this with a grain of salt. I'll stop. We have to take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> well, now, Meredith and Luke, which is her husband, um, if y'all didn't catch that earlier, their marriage was not the most solid um, at all. So, they had been married for nine years. They had no children. He's adorable. But, you know, their marriage had, she said their marriage had been over for about three years prior, and they were practically roommates living in different parts of the house. Well, now, Luke was currently a sitting councilman, and with her attempting to go into politics, they, you know, neither one of them, you know, wanted some kind of advertise their marriage going south. And was falling apart. So they, you know, for all intents and purposes, kept it up for, you know, purposes of, you know, things look good on the outside. Well, they both grinned and bared it. And and that's just how they were living. And they had a lot of people fooled, including Mark. Um, He said he had no idea that their marriage was, you know, crumbling and falling apart. Mm. Well, Meredith did tell Mark, though, that, you know, she was not happy. So she made it very clear to him that she wasn't happy and apparently on the hunt. I I guess I don't know if that was a cue for him to go, okay, well, great. Now we can, you know, be together. I'm not happy either. I don't know what they're, I don't know, but she was definitely dropping the hints. Well, after having drawn the line with Meredith, you know, that day when they went running, Mark was surprised that Meredith was completely professional the next day at work. He felt like it might have been uneasy, but she acted very professional, um, like nothing had happened, and offered, excuse me, to drive him to the airport that day because he had planned to leave for Denver for a job interview with the University of Denver. Because remember, he and... His wife wanted wanted to go to to Denver. Denver. Well, he made some other excuse to Meredith and his other boss, you know, as to where he was going. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, yeah, Meredith thought he was going for some other reason, not for an interview. Well, she had offered to drive him to the airport. Well, after his interview um, in Denver... Um, on his way to the airport, Mark admits to himself that he couldn't take the job at Denver because of his feelings for Meredith. It's, it's like, it's, I don't know what the time frame is here, right? What's lapsed, but it seems like mm-hmm. it's happening very fast. And it I is. I will say, like, sometimes mm-hmm. it just does, you know? Like, it's like, this is, this is my person. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe bad timing. Well, this is my person. And she calls him her person. Ooh. So, um, and yeah, maybe bad timing. I don't. I don't know. But uh, I mean, but they both knew what they were doing was wrong, you know. Um, and so he says to her um, in a text, at, you know, from the airport. He said, "I told her three things. One, you are my hero. Two, I would take a bullet for you. And three, which is the most important, no more lines." 
So he's essentially giving his sketch lines. His yeah, there are no more etch sketch lines. Which means, hey, we're doing hashtag. We're doing this. this. Yeah. Well, Mark felt, you know, he had complete clarity and couldn't imagine Meredith not being in his life at all. Um, she supported him and lifted him up like no one he had ever met. And, you know, compared to what he was dealing with, you know, with Janair, this woman is coming into his life and it, it making him feel a like he is fresh air. right. A, a king. Yeah. Who doesn't want their significant other to worship the ground that they walk on. Well, it should be like that, right? It right. should be a queen, king. He's my king. I'm yeah, but queen, you all, I mean... And you lift that person up. Oh, absolutely. And um, Absolutely. You know, she's my weakness, he's my strength. Yep. I think it should be an exchange of power. No, absolutely. And the supportive way. Yeah, and a lot of, and a lot of what is, you know, the dynamic between Janir and Mark is, it's almost like a child-adult relationship, child-parent relationship her being the parent mark being the child oh yeah you know and so it's and i think just because he didn't feel like dealing with it and and dealing with the um or the confrontation um her behavior if he did confront her he just went along with it and let her do what she wanted to do which it's not necessarily condoning the behavior but it's also you're not it's stopping it. it. You're not, yeah, you're, you're not, not stopping. It, you're yeah. not dealing with it. <clears throat> well, he, you know, at this point, Mark is convinced that Meredith and he were meant to be a team, whether that's professional um, or personal. They are supposed to be together. Well, now this isn't the first time he's cheated on Janair, Mark. Um, in 2004, and I just thought I'd bring this up because, again, you know, some of us might start feeling a little sorry for him and feeling like, okay, he got a shitty end of the stick because of, you know, the way Janir treats him, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to, wanted to throw this out there. Um, in 2004, he and his best friend Mike had gone on a work-related trip to Berlin. Well, during this trip, he and his friend Mike met an Austrian chick and they're all drinking and, you know, one thing leads to another and Mark ends up in the bed with his new friend, um, this Austrian chick. He says he wakes up in the morning, he feels horrible, it couldn't be, you know, what he had done and wondered, you know, why he'd risk everything, losing his wife and everything he had for this one night stand. Yeah. Of course, his friend Mike had watched the whole scene unfold and told Mark that, he thought Mark hadn't looked happier and didn't want to ruin a good thing. So I, you know, I, I, I would hope that you would have been like, Hey, Chrissy, now we got to go home. We got to go home. I probably would have been like, oh, I'm dragging you out here by your freaking extension. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Come on. Right. So, but this guy, which I could see, you know, but, but you know, what? I'd be pissed. In, in all fairness, if I hated Ryan, don't hate you, Ryan. But if I was like, man, whatever, just do, I, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miserable. I, I, I get it. Maybe. I get it. You know what I mean? But still, mm -hmm. I don't, I probably would be like, okay, Chrissy. I want to tell you what you're going to have to Right. And here's the conversation we're going to have tomorrow. Right. But I love you. Right. No, agreed. <laughs> right. Well, this guy just kind of let it go. Well. Tell me no secrets. I will tell you no lies. Right. Well, when they returned home from Berlin. Um, Mark made the mistake of talking to Mike about that night in an email. 
Oh, Jesus. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm getting to wonder, is this guy, you know, does he have a brain? I don't know. Well, little did Mark know, but oh Janair had been hacking and reading his email accounts for years. Oh, my God. She had read every email he had received or sent. And so, to me, that's fucked up. She didn't trust him. She, she no, clearly. Him. And for, for whatever reason, right. don't know. But she never trusted him. No. Well, that and I... That's I why she wanted to be... think there's some be, control there. That, that too, right? But she, she wanted it to be them too so he wouldn't have an opportunity yeah, to oh, do that's anything. Fair. That's he fair. wanted yeah. to control everything. And she's reading everything that... God almighty. That to me is a, a lot of work. Situation. Yeah. That well, is a lot of work. I got to keep lo- up with my own shit and God, yours. I can't I'm keep done. up with my do, own do shit. Do whatever you need to do, okay? Just make sure you pay half the bills. <laughs> Just keep it going. Don't care. <laughs> Just come home every night, pay half the bills. And I'm, We're good to go. You win. Right. Whatever. <laughs> well, apparently, when Janair saw the email Mark had written Mike, and it didn't really spell everything out, she decided... Enough to ask questions. Right. Though. She decides she's going to send Mike a leading email from Mark's account pretending to be her husband, which, I'm sorry, that's fucked up that's in bold. itself. Yeah. Hey, Hey, but I like it. I know. You like where her head is. I like where her head is. I know. Like, because that's some shit I would do. Oh, really? Where were? Well, I would. Let me tell you what I, I would Well, do. what's funny is, like, I'm reading, you know, reading this book, and I'm crackling, like, cracking up to myself. I'm like, I feel like Carrie's going to be like, yeah, go bitch. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, anyway, my, you know, finding it odd, Mike you know, calls Mark rather than emails him back to discuss the email. And he's like, yo, Mike, uh, Mark, I want to, um, I'm reaching out uh, about that email you sent. And he's like, I didn't send you an email. And he's like, no, 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 you did about Berlin. And Mark's like, no. Oh, don't. I, I know Jeanette. who did team Janier. He was like, I didn't send it, but I know who did. Well, you know, of course he just had no clue. And, and he was like, well, shit, Janier now knows. So obviously, but she maybe doesn't know everything. If it wasn't, she's a she's well, she drilled. Yeah, she drilled Mark, who probably confessed something, right? He's a weenie, and yeah, he was a little bit of a weenie. And you know, they I guess they worked through it, obviously, because you know they they're still married. Um, and it, I mean, I, personally, I think it just shows that she's nosy, which I mean. I'm as nosy as they come. I was going to say. And that's the kettle. Yep. And a little bit controlling. I I mean, hmm. I, hmm. I, I'm not going to say that, hmm. you know, I feel like we've all maybe dipped into our significant other's emails. 20, 15 to 20 years ago, me. Yeah. Oh, man. I was all over I'd it. I'd put this bitch to shame. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't kill anybody, but... But I was a chick sitting outside the house in a dark sweatsuit. Oh yeah, I think we all have. I have put some shit on cell phones before. Oh, you mean tracking? I I can't say that I haven't no, done that. No, no, apps that I could literally read every everything. text that came in and out. Everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have done it. Yes, I did. Carrie is a pro, guys. If you need some help, again, statusmacab.com. <laughs> Well, Mark goes home to his wife at this point in in South Carolina after 
you know, he's told Meredith no lines. Oh, that's um, right. So Janair's not there. Janair's still. She's in yep. South Carolina still, so he doesn't have to actually face her. Exactly. So he goes home to see his wife and apparently now his dying dog. Oh, so that's yeah. Sad. I don't give a fuck about her, but the dog. Yeah, the dog is dying. So they have a great weekend. Um, but during that weekend, Mark, you know, can't shut up about Meredith. So he's pulling the scab off that wound, right? He's just talking to Janir about how great his job is and Meredith is great and Meredith this and Meredith that and blah, blah, blah. And Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. Well, naturally, you know, as any woman, um, would Janir sense something else was different about Mark and instinctively warned him, just don't fall in love with her. I feel like I'd had a little more to say than that. Yeah. Well, I mean... She probably didn't think that some 30-year-old chick would fall in love with her 50-year-old husband, maybe. And so she was like, maybe said it offhandedly. I don't know. But, um, you know, to which obviously Mark was like, I'd never do that. I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Knowing full well he had already told Meredith no more lines. But he's in too deep at this point. Oh, yeah. He's, he's. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, for the next few weeks, Meredith and Mark, um, you know, embrace their newfound love, careful to avoid PDA anywhere they were except, you know, somewhere private. And as to be accept- expected, they soon confess to each other that they're in love. Like, I love you and you love me. And, you know, Mark felt Janair was controlling, unsupportive, angry with him all the time and put him down while Meredith, you know, is here supporting and inspiring him by lifting him up. So, you know, if you had to put something on a scale to weigh the two, you know, Janir's not, she's totally weighing no this motherfucker down. I mean, yep. honestly, when physically they're, they're both attractive, yep. right? Right. But you got 15 years on, on a chick, a 15 year ago version of right. me is not a 44 year old version of me. Yeah, hell no, unfortunately. But you put all the, supportive things which i think mean a lot more right like absolutely you know she's his champion she's supportive she's uplifting well and that becomes more important than the looks you know what i mean at a certain age it's like it's like it's kind of an exchange so maybe 20 or 30 years year old so i was like you're beautiful blah blah blah, whatever but now you can kind of you can counter you can counter those pounds now because (laughs) guess what I'm supportive. Right. So, so, so how many pounds is support? Six? Five pounds. I was like the five pounds I've gained. Like my, my six supportive pounds. What else? Um, I'm encouraging. (laughs) That's three pounds at least. The hairs on my chin. I mean, I can, I can get this up to 20 pounds. I knew I was going to say. I got hairs on my chin, but guess what? I can give a mean. (laughs) That was Chrissy. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, like that's, I mean, I get it. At some point in your life that looks aren't all that important anymore. Right. I mean, you, you, all right, let me just, let me be, I have, you don't want to go out with somebody that you're embarrassed to be seen with. Well, God, no, so, you don't want to be like, with, oh man, I, I, this guy's so awesome, but I don't want to be insane. Like, no, look, him. I will go out with you, but uh, we ain't going nowhere. Let's, let's catch a midnight movie. <laughs> midnight bullock. Let's go to <laughs> Richland County. <laughs> Richland County. Where else are we? <laughs> let's go to Gaston. All right. Let's go. Let's go to Newberry County. Oh, my God. Two these, counties away. These people. You do. Why are we over here? They've got the good seats. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. Okay, so anyway, they're, you know, they tell each other they love each other. Um, you know, and, and all Mark wanted is what we all want. We want happiness. And so when, until Janair lands in Delaware, Meredith and Mark push forward full throttle with their relationship. So by mid-December, Mark was dreading Christmas as he'd be away from Meredith since the university closed for like two weeks. And he wasn't excited about spending the holidays with his wife. Yeah. Um, he and Janir had decided, you know, a long time ago, um, I guess when he moved, that, you know, buying a house for the time being was out of the question. There was just, I don't think they were ready to. And I mean, given Mark's state of mind, he's probably like, yeah, let's just take this day by day. So... Um, you know, they they end up uh, renting an apartment in um, Greenville, which, not to be confused with Greenville, South Carolina. Say. Yep. It's an area of Delaware, which is apparently where Joe Biden resided. So um, it's an affluent area, so it's, it's super nice. Um, the first week in Delaware, Mark Engineer's life, you know, kind of fell back into its regular routine of walking dogs, eating dinner, you know, going to bed, that kind of thing. Well, on... December 19th is Janir's birthday, and they celebrate her birthday after having had a few drinks. Janir tells Mark she's just not going to work anymore. Oh. So, it's you know, that's news to me. I would have been like, I'm sorry, hussy. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> so, she said she's done trying, and she'll just stay home with the dog. <laughs> and, you know. Okay, and I, wait, wait. He doesn't put up a fight. We already know. Yeah, we. he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, but he's uh, taken aback by this because it's like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm now the sole breadwinner and you're not going to do shit. I'm As sorry. you should be. That's shitty. Well, she then gets depressed. Janair um, does. Janair does. Um, and, and because she doesn't have anything to do with her time. And she would buy lottery tickets in hope of winning millions. So... You know, because she secretly wants to leave. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. And so the more depressed she got, the more lottery tickets she bought. And Janir was completely emotionally drained and just couldn't push herself to look for employment. And so she basically did nothing but sit at home while Mark went to work. So at this point, it's Christmas. And they had long since stopped decorating, um, putting up trees or exchanging gifts. Um, and nothing Mark gave her she ever really liked anyway. So so she's that's, that's terrible. Well, I know. And you, you know, I think about Christmas and I know some people decorate, some people don't. Um, and I guess if I'm living by myself and maybe my significant other, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't decorate. I'm not real sure. You know, I, so, but I have kids that would right. come home. So I would, I would probably decorate. So I, so Charles and Chandler and Coleman have been out for like, I think we're going on, this is the second year. Right, so I've had is one it? Christmas with them gone. This will be my is yeah, it my maybe it's Christmas? yeah, maybe well, yeah. So mm -hmm. last this last Christmas, I was um, I think still crying in bottles of wine after they had left. But this Christmas, I'm like, that's fair. This Christmas, I'm like, I'm gonna decorate. You didn't, and I did not. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't remember that at all. But I'm like, I'm gonna decorate this year, and yeah. so I think what I'm gonna start doing in October is put Christmas stuff out. I'm gonna be that person. I'm. You guys should see Chrissy's face. I don't right know now. what to say right I now. I don't know how to take that look. It was like, can we can we not celebrate Halloween? Because we love Halloween. No, no. Like I'm gonna start inside. Okay, right? inside. That's so the only, it'll be. That's the only way I'm gonna get it done by Christmas. That's I. 
we can talk about this offline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Karen. That's, that's, that's a great point. Thank, thank you so much, Karen. Um, we'll talk about this. We'll talk offline. about this. Off- Let's put a pin in that. I'm going to get it. Parking lot. Well, at this, <laughs> so, you know, Mark and Janier aren't spending any time, you know, putting trees up or anything. Um, and he wasn't really excited about going to her family's house because spending time with her family always ended in a shouting match. So it was, yeah, it it's wasn't anxiety. Riddle. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like a super miserable time. Well, after Christmas was New Year's, obviously, where Mark sat depressed alongside his wife waiting for 2018 to start because, you know, he's been out of work for a little bit because, you know, the university was on Christmas vacation and he's sitting beside his, you know, depressed wife. I'm going to be depressed as well. Well, it had been two weeks that he's been hiding his feelings for Meredith at this point. Two um, from, his wife. from his wife. Got yeah, from his wife. And he knew that Janir sent something. Uh, Janir's pestering to find out what's wrong with him. You know, what, you know, and she keeps asking him to tell her why he's being distant. Different and weird. Like, what's going on with you? Like, you know you can sense when somebody, especially somebody you're close. Your energy changes. Your and, energy and, and changes. And I don't know that right. a man will understand this. And I'm not trying to be sexist in right. any ways. Right. But, I mean, I pick up very quickly on energy. Yeah. Oh, me too. And, and you, you can do, tell. Yeah. It is like five seconds. I'll be like. Mm, something's not right. Something's not right. Well, and you know, my husband will tell you this, like, you know, he may sense that there's, you know, I'm pissed off at something or pissed off about something. He's not going to ask because he don't want to deal with it. I, no, no, that's <laughs> He's like, Ryan, fuck. I concur, bro. Don't ask. Everything's great. <laughs> da, 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 da. Don't ever ask. <laughs> I'm, meanwhile, I'm like throwing shit around. So I, don't, I don't know. Ryan, I don't know why you would think something's wrong. <laughs> Because I don't wear my emotions on my sleeve at all. I'm oh, so... Oh, God. See, that's the... That is a... that Like, we're polar oh. opposites there. Because Chrissy puts everything on her sleeve. And meanwhile, I'm like... I got everything shoved in a box somewhere. And the tucked in the back deep of Deep recesses of way, her brain. Way, back. And I'm... But I'm always... I'm always trying to find... I'm always trying to calm myself down. Yeah. It's not as bad as it is. But when it gets bad... This dumpster fire. It is a dumpster fire. <laughs> Gets crazy. That's right. Well, this is, you know, Mark. He's he's hiding all his feelings here and engineer is pestering. Well, Mark is telling her there's nothing wrong and he's brushing off her concerns, but she's not having it. And she's just, you know, she she's says not stupid. Well, right. And she says, quote, just rip off the band-aid and tell me, you fucking pussy. That end quote. Sure. Well, and at that point, I would have been like, All right, you bitch. Here, here, I'm out with it. And he does. He finally busts out um, that he wants his independence away from Janir. He says, I want my independence. Which, it's like, shit, once you let that cat out of the bag, you can't, yeah. you can't put it back in. Well, he immediately feels bad, obviously. And he, and he wishes he could take it back. But once more, you know, it's, it's out there. It's out in the ether. Mm-hmm. And it, you can't put it back in. It's too fucking late. Yep. Well, Janir... Knows what's up because believe me or not, uh, women have that sixth sense um, for for that shit. And yeah, I, I'm going to tell you. And you know what? There's some. There's not all dudes, but some dudes too. Some oh yeah, dudes, no, no. Yeah. Some dudes maybe. Not but, not all guys. Like no. my brother, love you, but yeah, no, oblivious. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and Janir says because she knows what's up. 
It's Meredith, isn't it? And Mark swears that's not true and, and says he didn't mean to say it. And Janair drops it. And they go to bed and, and go about their normal routine. Um, but don't think that she's not thinking about it. Of course. Yeah. So all the while, Mark is sneaking in moments with Meredith where he can get them. And they talk about, you know, what it might be like to be together 100%. Well, Janair catches on or has this whole, you know, I want my independence thing that Mark has said figured out and accuses Mark of cheating. She tells him that she's hired a private investigator with a parabolic microphone. So those are the ones that you see on the sidelines of the football game. And yeah, I mean, they can pick up some shit like 80 miles away. Well, she also says she's got this whole team working with her. She's got eyes in stores, in Starbucks, and in the bar next door to their apartment. Which, I'm sorry, you're telling me this shit. I'm, I'd am i be looking over my fucking shoulder the whole time. Yeah, like, and I would be you like, don't know. like, whatever, dude. Oh, I, no. Well, if you're a guilty party, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. I mean, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, fuck it. Screw you. I, I, <sighs> I don't Come you're a stranger. Let me stick my tongue down your throat. I don't know what I would like. I, I'm, I'm not going to be in that situation. So that's awful. I, I, I don't know. Well, she then goes on to tell Mark, she heard them making plans to be together. And Mark can't figure out how in the hell. Jameer because they probably have had that conversation. New specifics though. Um, how did, how did Janir know specifics to conversations that he and Meredith had had that day? Yeah. Um, It's five days later that Mark and Meredith have to go to a half-day meeting in Philadelphia. But Mark tells Janir it's a full day of meetings because he wants to spend the other half with Meredith in Philadelphia. Well, Janir is begging Mark to let her take him and Meredith to the meeting, which was completely strange and would have been uh, slightly unprofessional. So, of course, that didn't happen. But she's like, let me take you. Let me take you. Let me take you. Well, Mark and Meredith then go to Philly um, without without Janair, and they spend half the day going through shops, holding hands, and grabbing drinks, during which they both tell each other that they wanted to be together. Upon coming home, Janair doesn't speak a word to Mark and slams her bedroom door. So... We're going to leave it right there. So I'm, I've got kind of a little bit of a cliffhanger. I know. Wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry. But yeah, you do. There, there's a whole lot that's going to come come to fruition. And um, it, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Because Janir has gone to extreme lengths. And there is nothing that is going to stop her from trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So we're going to leave it there for this week. And um, next week, um, remind everybody, um, because we were supposed to um, be on our friend's podcast, um, All About Nothing, but um, due to um, unforeseen circumstances, uh, we we had to move that. So next Sunday, which will be the 14th, I believe, um, we will, um, be in the studio with Barrett and the team 15th on Sunday, 15th. I'm sorry. Um, 15th, um, with Barrett and his team, um, of the all about nothing podcast and, um, should be fun. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, um, us on that podcast and then we'll record the second episode of, um, the tragic death of Meredith Chapman and 
Sad. Janere. Janere. I know. I was thinking. I was trying to figure out how to word that. But yeah. So. Yeah, because I don't know that it's tragic for Janere. Yeah. Well, it's tragic for it's Meredith. Own, but it is tragic for Meredith. It, it's it's, it's all. Own hand. Yeah. It's all fucked up. So um, join us next week. Um, check it um, out on uh, Apple Podcasts. Please go and give us a rating. Um, oh, yeah, you guys. We don't ask that often, but if you could do one thing. We need thing, to start doing that, yeah. Just Give go, us five stars. Give us the five stars. Give us five stars and then tell us you hate us. And then, yeah, leave whatever comments you want, but just give us the five stars. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to shoot us an email, you can. Um, we're on all social media platforms. I also just recently uploaded um, our podcast to iHeartRadio, so um, yeah. you can catch us on iHeart. Um, I know um, that's our awesome platform. So check us out there as well. All right, guys, have a great week um, and behave. Don't do anything that we wouldn't do. Don't behave. And um, drink some mimosas and look up Golden Retriever Rescues. That feels right. Yeah, feels right. Good times. All right, guys, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.